Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, the J10 Initiative. And we're, and we're back. And we're back. Welcome to the podcast. What up? Father John. Father Nathan. Nigel Rigsby. Nigel Bigsby here in the uh, basement of Schloss Goebbels. My uh, new bedroom, which I'm happy to uh, have been the recent occupant of the Schloss, which uh, are growing. There's five priests here right now. Yeah. So if he ever comes across a little ornery, if you're listening from his parish, it's because he has to put up with four grown adult children, children, children yep. who sit in their uh, pajamas all day and pray or work on dissertations. Yep. The... Um the bed and breakfast is uh, growing, so might have to get some work out of these guys before too long. He did uh, assert his uh, alpha dominance though, over a house meeting tonight, which I think was that good. Was good. Yeah, did you feel that power? I did. Yeah, you had your sheet, all the things to discuss. Well, I mean, we didn't get to everything. Hand towels. Come on, guys. Okay, so I ga- still think we have to distinguish between a guy was literally towels. using a towel to wipe his mouth after he had, you know. Well, that's disgusting. That's disgusting. We didn't see that though, did we? I never saw that. I'm glad that I didn't. I hope that I didn't do it, but my guess is I wouldn't. Yeah, I don't think you would, but that's uh, yeah, that's where you draw the line, you know. I I'm a, I'm a cooker with uh I like to have a towel over my right. shoulder. Ty Gilbert, that's another a, that's a classic Ty Gilbert. Movie. Exactly, yeah. and he and he just he's working with it and he's wiping his sweat with it and it stays with him all the time. And um, but I mean I don't reuse those towels. Well, you got uh, you got three or five guys who have been living in an institution their entire lives basically. Mm-hmm. So they have to be kind of rehabituated to household life but we have to be rehabilitated right we have a um baker though i don't even know what that means baker cook <clears throat> dish guy dish guy and then guy, guy who eats raisins and then two holes <laughs> no i mean one of the guys doesn't he doesn't usually participate in our in our food uh communal meals i mean yeah. he's he's on his own diet so um, but yeah, I mean, there are, there are vagrants who wander in, you know, two minutes before we're ready to eat and, um, participate and then, and that, that's, that's helpful for them because they don't cook a lot. Right. Well, that's what I did today. So is that what you're talking about? I mean, and, and I, two minutes was generous. Yeah. I mean, uh, I came down three minutes beforehand and I think I did more work in three minutes than, other guys, you know, we're standing around for a while, but whatever. Right. We, we get through. We get through. We're going to talk about that today, depending on who goes first. We're going to talk about that today, people. We're going to talk about it. I have to say, though, um, it, the place is in good working order, you know? I think you're running a good household. I must yeah, say, right. I forgot what a connoisseur of mustard you are. That Those are those are refugees from, from uh, Christmas gifts that people send. People give you mustard? Well, they give you these like sausage and cheese things, uh, so then you get all these little things of mustard. What I do is I usually just throw them in with like marinades and vine- like vinaigrettes or something like that. But yeah, we've got all these different jars. If anybody has a good recipe for pepper jelly, I mean, yeah, you can make a cheese tray out of it, but dudes don't usually make cheese trays. That is true. It's kind of a unless you're hosting, undude thing to do. 
I also forgot um, that uh, just how wonderful it is for us as not being morning people to converse before 7 a.m. together, you know? Yes, it's always charming. Over breakfast, lovely conversation. Usually. It? I actually recorded a little bit of our conversation this morning. Really? I'm play it for you. So, yeah, this is breakfast this morning at Schloss Goebbels. It's not like that at all. It's That's like, what I was thinking. It's kind of Earl Kai esque. It's usually the fighting. That was you want to tell them what I told you today when we were doing the grocery <laughs> list? I thought it was a pretty snarky comment. So I, I'm making There's the so many. I'm, I'm uh, making the grocery list. I'm going through. I'm the only one who anticipates what other people want until after the fact, and then they say, "You're the cook. The why cook. Don't, the cook gets the di- gets the groceries. The cook buys things that he knows he's going to cook with, but like." Like when people say, I like to have, you know, nosh. Blueberries. Nosh around. I don't think about that. Right. I'm not thinking about it. So anyways, so we're trying to figure out the grocery list. And then I'm like, what are the meals that we're planning this week? I was like, you got that chicken. John bought chicken last week. He bought two huge things of it. So now the chicken is slowly deteriorating in the refrigerator. And I'm thinking to myself, you need to cook that soon. So he's like, I'm going to make it on Thursday. I'm like, great. That's within a week. We're fine. So I said, what else do you want to cook with the chicken? And you're like, well, we should probably get a vegetable that goes with it. I said, yeah, that sounds great. What, what should we get? And you're like, I don't know, uh, asparagus or Brussels sprouts? And I was like, that sounds fine. And uh, I was like, put some, I was like, which one do you want? And you're like, ah, I don't know, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, Brussels sprouts. So I was like, okay, that's good. Uh, we'll get some bacon to go with it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Get some bacon, get some bacon. And uh, you're like, but uh, I'm going to cook the chicken. I don't really know how to cook the, the vegetables. To which, to which you said... To which I said, you can't use that excuse for the next 30 years. <laughs> which is my way of saying, figure out how to cook the vegetables. Yeah. If you're going to make the meal, you make the whole meal. I've never done that. Ever. Yes, you have. No, we, we cook as a team in the Companions. I cook, I cook by myself three nights of the week. When you cook, <laughs> you say, we cook as a team. I'm the dish guy, all right? I'm the dish guy. All right, I'm doing Brussels sprouts on Thursday. He, he to needs, be continued. He needs easy recipes for vegetables, folks. Send them right. in. All right, send them in. Vegetables fresh, right? Fresh. All right, we can't just have hot dish every night. Oh, we had a great hot dish tonight. It's good, but it's, yeah. It was great. Yeah. So Lady, Lady Jane Eusterman. Lady Jane Eusterman. listening. She is listening. Shout now. out, thank you. It was delicious. Yep. She actually told Daniel what I wanted for my birthday, which we are going to get at the end. Um, so she is paying attention. What you wanted for your birthday. What I wanted for my birthday, but it didn't happen. What's it like being in the late 30s now? 37? Whatever. I'm still in the mid-30s. I'm gaining the COVID-19 right now. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have time to think about my age. So, yeah, so Lady Jane made us spaghetti pie two weeks ago. Right. Excellent. Very good. And then we had uh, King's Ranch chicken tonight, and uh, it was was delectable. It was. I made a little, I mean, a little addition to it. I mixed hot sauce from the Ralibertos uh, homemade hot sauce with uh, ranch dressing and made a little sauce to go over the top of it. It was very nice, but it didn't need anything. It was just, you know. Very inventive. Right, very inventive. This is what we do these days, you know. We eat, we talk about food. We complain about who's not going to get in the groceries. 
And uh, but I mean, we also spice it up a bit, you know. I didn't get to that part of the house meeting tonight. I was going to say there needs to be a routine of who's going to the store, right? So that it's just it's just known. It's this person that goes to the store. He goes on this day or around these days, you know. Right. But communal living is it's a dance. It's a dance. Like it's a dance. when when the uh, house capo says. Maybe John could buy the runner. And I was like, oh, hi, Mary Nepple. Back the Midwest uh, passive aggressive. It was one of those things that, like, you weren't volunteering for anything. So I was like, just have him do something. I, okay. Hartley volunteered for sacristy. Hellstrom volunteered for the altar cloth. Eusterman volunteered for the whiteboard. And I'm you a just guest. sat over I'm there. a guest. These You're not a guest. Th- That's exactly right. We're going to get into that. <laughs> he thinks he's a guest. And the, the boob has been withdrawn. He's a member of the community. <laughs> I know how particular you are. I know how particular you are. We can do it together. Okay. That's different. Be fun. That's different. It'd be really fun. Look forward to that. Be fun. We could get some throw pillows. <laughs> <clears throat> so the uh, seminary semester ended um, May 1st. Guys were done. And uh, the um, I, I have to say it's been a great... Uh, it, was, it was a great semester. We got through the crazy COVID quarantine... Guys are back home. 190 degrees in Phoenix right now. Ian Wintering just texted me. 109. It's it's May and it's 109 degrees. So, but excited for ordinations. We got Denver's coming up, and then the Phoenix boys and all kinds of uh, different ordinations in the next few weeks. So it's great. But it's been good to be here. Ten days with the Schloss. He has not. Uh, there's been no homicide yet, and things are. Uh, I don't know. Things are pretty good. We spent the day trying to figure out how are we going to get. Uh, Daft Punk helmets. Yeah, I thought about that. And how are we going to get them past Brady Wagner? Because in the Companions, we have a $250 um, limit. Yes. For purchases over $250, you have to get permission of your fraternal group, the small group of guys that you meet with every other week and review life. Just so happens that Father Brady, this is a guy who, okay, $250 is the- $250 limit. Right, right. So he asks permission to buy- A hat. That was- like twelve dollars. Twelve dollars. We're like, ooh. He's like, he's like, I didn't really need the hat. Right. I just kind of wanted the hat. I don't really have a baseball cap, but like, I ended up buying it. And right, you know, versus me, who's like, I'd like a nine hundred pair of dollars skis. They're actually probably gonna be like twelve hundred dollars, and I need to buy them in the next um, three hours before the store closes. Yeah, can I get permission? And then Goble's like, I think I'd like a motorcycle. And so Brady's just like, not gonna happen. Crying himself to sleep tonight, probably. So, well, we'll see. We got to get them for cheaper than six hundred bucks, though. The helmets. No, so I figured it out. So uh, there is a three D printer option that you can get. So they'll three D print it for you, or send you the design for like six dollars, and then you can go to a three D printer shop, and then they'll make it for you, and then you just have to paint it. Mike Wright has a three D printer in Crested Butte. What? I should ask him. Yeah. So um, then we would just have to paint it, which then I have to figure out how to paint chrome. Yeah. So we watched Tron last night. We had never seen it. I had never seen it. Yeah, I'd never seen it. it. Yeah. So that's what we were thinking. We saw those guys back in the. Euster, it's Usterman's favorite movie. I would say. Favorite? If, I mean, not favorite. One of his favorites. Definitely. And I would say good movie. No. Like yeah. Batman. I think you and I enjoyed the soundtrack. Oh, yeah. That was just the best. Whoever thought we got to get Daft Punk to do the soundtrack to that. that they, was well, it was Disney. They got deep pockets. Yeah, they do. Am I going first? You're going first. I'm going first because we're talking about community life, and that's what I want to talk about tonight. Talking about guys who don't buy runners, who never volunteer for anything. 
We're not going to do this on the podcast. You started it. I'd like to formally recant from a shot I took at you a couple weeks oh, ago. Oh, yeah, we do need to hear that. So it turns out that Cain was the firstborn. I was rereading Genesis today. And uh, and then Abel was the secondborn son, and Cain killed Abel. Right. So uh, my whole kind of working kind of hermeneutic is that middle children are the ones who are... Are fratricidal. The fratricidal, basically the source of entropy in the universe. That's kind of my basic you know, premise. And um, yeah. we'll just have to say that it began after that. Right. Middle so, children, we can account for most okay. of the problems. So we could say Joseph, you know, a middle child. I'd put 100 oh, bucks. Oh, wait. You know, okay. 100 bucks. Yeah. Whoever's David. Patient zero okay. yeah. in China. Definitely middle child. child <laughs> because he's just like, I'm sick of wearing hand-me-downs. I'm going to go into that kind of mysterious market. chemical plant and bring it into the fish market. Exactly. You know? They forget about me anyways. They forgot my 17th birthday. It happened. I didn't say... I said it once. Does your dad listen to this? No, he doesn't okay. listen. He doesn't care anyways. That was a long time ago. That yeah. was 20 years ago. That was 20 years ago. Right. Yeah. Never forget middle child. Yeah. No. Whatever. It's fine. Let's talk about community. Folks, we're talking about community life. We're, we have a, another great book recommendation. This is a book that I think that John's mentioned on the oh, podcast. It's a, it's a classic. But uh, I've never read it. Uh, I've, I purchased it. I actually received it in 2011 from Father Nathan Hines, uh, who strongly recommended it. Yeah. Um, he gave me my copy uh, in 2011, and it's taken me this long to read it. I've read portions of it, but I'm slowly plotting my way through. Um, and it's called Strangers to the City by Michael Casey, a monk of Tarawara. If you're looking for a name Tarawara. for your next uh, parakeet, Tarawara. Um, you know what I realized about your intellectual life compared to mine? I'm a brewery. You're a distillery. So you kind of take things a little slow, a little bit, and just keep distilling, 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 distilling. That's true. But it's way richer. You know, you're not just cranking out volume. So just to say, sure. you don't have to cr- you don't have to crush books. It's about assimilating. Yeah, but I, I I own a lot of books, so I need to start crushing a few more. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I've read Mother Mary Francis's book like four times, and uh, I love it. But uh, this is a book that I will certainly keep going back to. Um, have recommended it to a number of people, but hadn't uh, made my way through it, uh, hadn't had time to, and have certainly enjoyed it. Today, we're, uh, we're in the chapter on chastity, uh, which uh, the, the question is not necessarily about chastity, but rather about communal living. Um, and uh, I think it's important right now because uh, I think a lot of people are living community uh, in a much more particular way than they lived it, you know, previously. Mm. We've talked about this before, but um, community is not just something that uh, happens when you're living in uh, proximity, but rather it's something that you choose. You're actually choosing to live uh, sort of um, a, a regularized life together, meals, recreation, prayer, study, or one could even say work. Um, and that's just happening naturally. I mean, people, are, people aren't necessarily wanting it, perhaps, but for the first time, maybe uh, receiving it and kind of pondering, like, what exactly am I supposed to do in this, in this uh, l- small space? You know, walls can be uh, 
a difficult task for a monk, and I think for us right now, because all we want to do is flee. Right. You know, uh, get out of the enclosure uh, to go and see what's going on with other people. Um, and instead, we're faced with perhaps these persons or this work or this limited scope of groceries that I purchased before, and I got to make something out of it. Yeah, we're all we're all faced with uh, kind of a monastic stability right now, by order of you know the government or whatever it might be. And I think there's, there's it's good, but it's uh, it definitely rubs us. I think that it's actually going to stabilize for a moment uh, family life. Uh, family life was pretty fragmented with you know soccer games and you know recitals and dads you know, off working here, mom's off working there, the kids are, you know, playing it here, or we're going to go see these people on Tuesday and these other people on Thursday. And now it's like, we're actually in the habit of living, working, praying, and uh, possibly even recreating together. So uh, just, I want to give two quotes from this book, and then we'll kind of digest them as we go. So he says, um, it's on page 69. This is why this 12th century Cistercian, uh, probably St. Bernard, uh, unabashedly referred to the... Oh, no, I think that's a 12th century. That would be uh, Alred. Well, there... Yeah. <clears throat> this is why the 12th century Cistercian unabashedly referred to the monastery as a school of love. So we could kind of see our homes as, you know, the kind of primordial school of love. We're being educated in how to love. If our observance of the rule, namely the rule of St. Benedict, does not carry us in this direction, there is something radically wrong. Community and chastity go hand in hand. We come to the monastery in order to love, to put aside infantile narcissism and preoccupation with self, and to give scope to empathy and self-giving. So on two sides, one is infantile narcissism and a preoccupation with self, which gives way to empathy, and self-giving. And what I wanted to conclude our house meeting with tonight, which I I didn't because I... Was all of you are infantile narcissists? Kind of. uh, Was uh, the the only thing I would say is community is only as good as the contribution of its members. And I think that it's, it's a habit that we all have to choose, which is I'm here to serve. I'm not here to be served. I'm here to serve. So, you know, there's happened a number of times where, you know, somebody leaves a dish out or there's, you know, a stain on the, you know, countertop or something like that. And I'm like, why Why is that I'm always the person? That or Jane's spaghetti sauce is on the towel or whatever. Mm. Yeah, could have been mine, could have been somebody else's, you know. But if we keep score, if we keep score right. in communal living and just say, I do so much, uh, why is it that other people don't notice or whatever else? It, it doesn't normally end up producing the kind of fruit that we want. And so the goal is empathy and self-giving. I want to understand what you are going through, not just I want to communicate what I'm going through, and I want to give. I want to offer myself because our preoccupation is with infantile narcissism and a preoccupation with self. We're so enclosed in our own kind of schedule, our, our own our own preferences that now we're actually thrown together with other persons and the task is am I going to get what I want and am I going to have to give too much in order for you to get what you want instead of how can I how can I actually encounter you yeah 
Last week, Mike and I did a uh, podcast on the Great Divorce. Ooh. And one of the chapters was a woman who <clears throat> is stuck in the hell of her own preoccupation, self preoccupation, and she can't. And it's the the you know the 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 beings, the angelic beings who come. Thank you. Doing old fashioned. Is this old fashioned? These are brandy old fashioned. Brandy old fashioned. Soul boxer. Uh, um, I think we already gave the shout out to the person that gave us the stuff. It's tasty. Um, but it's uh, so this is a nice kind of segue out of uh, kind of reflecting more on that. I think the biggest thing for me, when I notice my own self preoccupation in community, it's usually when I say to myself, I find this community wanting for blank. Sure. This brother, yeah. blank. Oh, yeah. Blank. And it's that kind of self referential preoccupation is what always leads to, well, screw it. It's not worth it. I'm just going to shut my door, turn on my computer, watch Netflix, and just not deal with other people because I'm just going to get disappointed and hurt again. Yeah. And that's precisely the problem. Because there is something in us as fallen human beings that says everybody, and we talk about this in the companions a lot, like you got to give three times as much as you're, quote, getting out of it because right. the perception's wrong. Yeah. Because the prescri- the perception is skewed. And part of the school of love, which is community, is just acknowledging and, and growing in an awareness that that perception is just wrong. Yeah. And if you build your life based on your judgments of your, ex, quote unquote, your experience of community, mm-hmm. I mean, if we did that, we would none of us would be doing this anymore Well, as companions. Yeah. If we just said, that's it. We'd because be- we all fall short based on our own you know, expectations that come out of self. Right. But what's lacking in that is empathy, which is not just understanding your own self, but understanding another. He also goes in, uh, to, um, to another passage where he talks about emotional literacy. You have to be able to read yourself as much as you can read another. And you have to be able to understand and appreciate another as much as you understand and appreciate yourself. So if you don't know what you yourself are going through, how are you going to be able to communicate that to another person? So if you're just so fixated on my schedule, my shows, you know, my meal, you know, um, then it's about your preference. But if you can actually perceive in yourself, I'm actually feeling, I'm actually feeling lonely and I'm able to communicate that to another person. Then they can begin to say, and why? Why are you feeling that? Right. Tell me more about that. I, I would just say, and you're not saying this, but I would I would just qualify that self-preoccupation is not just controlling people, right? There's, there's a number of ways to be self-preoccupied. Getting a little too close to the mark? Yeah, it is. And uh, it's not just... Well, I don't think we can just qualify. <laughs> um, because there's a number of ways that we get self-preoccupied. The, yes. the choleric in the world, like myself, who like our schedules like this, and yeah. I come back at five o'clock and I want to say mass in the chapel, somebody's already in there and you're like, you know, my my world is over. Uh, okay, that's one aspect, but the the kind of the wallowing and of self-pity, the kind of, there's kind of an emotional kind of confusion and, and kind of chaos that, that some of us kind of like to live in. And so there's just a lot of different ways to be self-preoccupied. Control is definitely a big one. But there's different ways of controlling. There's the kind of don't talk to me, don't look at me, and then there's also the imposing, you know what I mean? Yeah, but there can also be like the self-preoccupation with I'm so angry right now. 
I'm so angry. I want everybody else to be angry because I'm angry. And right. maybe you're not angry. Right. But I need you to actually hear me say, this is why I'm angry. But the converse would be, I should have enough empathy in myself to be able to say, and what's been going on in your life today? Right. You know, you're really good about that. You're like, what'd you do today? You know, I'm like, freaking work, not going to believe this phone call, whatever. And then I'm like, and, and you? It's like, dissertation, yeah, hanging out. 30, 30 rounds on Koopa Troopa Beach, almost broke the world record. I did do that. Yeah, that was impressive. Um, I did not almost break the world record. I the, did break a record that was on YouTube. The question is, you know, how do you grow in empathy then? Um, and my own struggle with it has been around assumptions, that uh, we live in assumptions, we make assumptions about people. This is why that SOB left his dishes out because exactly. he's disregarding it to me. Or he's yep. disregarding me. Yep. Or and it's He like, thinks I'm going to do it. He thinks I'm going to do it. Can you believe that? You believe that. After everything I've done, <laughs> literally, these are the conversations that go through at 5.30 in the morning. I know. The Urukai. Can anybody make the coffee? Right. Unbelievable. Right. And then guess who didn't make the coffee? Me. Because I usually make the coffee. It's one of my last things that I do. So I'm actually angry at myself that I didn't just do it. But then I have to put the blame on somebody else. I yeah. like the uh, the emotional uh, awareness and emotional grow- literacy. Emo- emotional literacy, which is an awareness. And for a Christian, it's not just about an aware and an acknowledgement. It's also about relating it in prayer, which I think is one of the great things we learned in 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 our seminary formation was that th- your affective experience is part of the content of your prayer. It needs to be. Yeah. It's not just self help, but you need to. And people that I do direction with, we talk about this a lot, emotional check-ins. It's very simple. But for those of us who grew up in German families where you don't feel certain things like sadness, you have to kind of grow. You have to work in literacy. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. It's a lot easier to just keep pounding out emails or, you know, oh, yeah. I don't know. Or just to be angry all the time. I, I have one color, you know, like inside right. out or whatever. Like I'm this guy. It doesn't work. So the first two things that we cover is one, community is a school of love. We probably mentioned this before. Your home is a school of love. Whatever vocation you're in is a school in love because you're going to learn how much do you love yourself excessively or deficiently and how much do you love others excessively or deficiently. And not love, loving excessively sounds like that's not a bad thing, but sometimes an excess of love is, is not necessary. And maybe love is the wrong word, you know, like I want, I want you to do what I want because I think it's actually good for you. And it's like, no, just back off, you know, or like, I'm not going to allow you to love me because I don't want any love right now. And then there's a deficiency there. Right. So school of love. Second thing is you got to get out of yourself. You can't be preoccupied. Narcissistic attitudes are going to come out. The demons come out when you're in community life. Yeah. Okay. Here's the last quote. Uh, okay. Many monasteries that follow Benedict's rule emblazon the word pox or peace upon their portals. To many outsiders, the undoubtedly peaceful atmosphere they encounter in such holy places is a result of a quiet life untouched by cares or conflicts. Those who live there know differently. Peace is certainly a gift to the Holy Spirit, but it also profits from human exertion. Newcomers to a monastery are often surprised that they have to work hard to avoid becoming upset. For anything much to happen at a spiritual level, a certain amount of groundwork has to be done in acquiring the skills of 
So this is, if we're going to grow in community living, we got to grow in these skills. Emotional liturgy, um, um, emotional literacy and management, honest communication, and conflict resolution. Such arts help to lubricate community living. What What was the third one? So three things, emotional literacy and management, honest Honest communication, communication. and conflict resolution. Right. Such arts help to lubricate community living. Do you remember that scene from The Nutty Professor? No. At some point in The Nutty Professor, they have to get a transmitter like inside of him, and uh, they have to insert it somewhere that's awkward. And uh, they're like, we got to do this immediately. There's no time for lubricant. And he goes, there's always time for lubricant. <laughs> okay. So like, we think that everything's like a puzzle, that it fits together very easily. And if I just do this, it'll make sense. No, you're dealing with human persons. They're gears that are going at a thousand miles an hour. So one thing that I uh, said to Mike Rapp whenever he was up in uh, Craig, he goes, how do you think that I could live better with... Um, with uh, Jim Fox, who was his his pastor, I said you need to you need to give more lubricant. You have to do things more than you think than you should, because the excess actually aids in the deficiency. So when you go and you make the coffee, or you go and like John cleaned the entire dining room. I knew that he was in the dining room because all the cords were wrapped, and or not the dining room, the family room. All the cords are wrapped, all the blankets are folded, all the DVDs are at a perfect right angle, and it's like he was actually doing something that nobody asked him to do, nobody wanted him to do, and uh, <laughs> and and it actually it, it looks much better, and the reason why is because he gave a gift that was more than he had to do. If I had just said, John, your job is to sweep the floor, if he had swept the floor, that's all that I asked him to do. That's all I needed him to do. That's all I wanted him to do. But if you go beyond that, then you're actually lubricating community living in which you're actually able to help each other in the in the in coping well, in dealing well with each other. And he, he talks about those three means emotional liturgy emotional literacy. You're really brandy. Yeah. Emotional literacy and management, communicate honest communication and conflict management. We could we could do well to actually live that. We don't even do that in the companions. Yeah, it's been cold here the last few days, um, and I've been wanting. Oh, it to- has. <laughs> <laughs> Everything I've done for you. The uh, but I've been wanting to wash my bike, and one of the things that happens when you wash the bike is you lube, you, you know, right? Lube the chain, and so I was feeling it today on the ride that the lack of lubricant. Everything just grinds a little more, yeah. and it's actually really bad on the you know all the gears and the componentry. Right. But what's interesting about lubricant on a bike is that you you put it on the chain and you let it sit for a bit because it actually eats away hmm. at the dirt and everything. Hmm. So it's not just about running it faster. Yeah. But but if you think about that analogy, the the lubricant on the chain actually it actually cleans. Yeah. Cleans the bike, and so. I, I think it's a very it's a very compelling approach to community of thinking about okay, you get up out of holy hour, dishwasher's full. You open it up thinking you're gonna put that coffee mug in and you're like, Mm. This is like the the moment, you know, and you're like, oh, what moment. do I do? Right. 
I could just close I've done it, it casually. Exactly. And, uh, you actually get on that dishwasher. You get busted here. You get one dish- chance though. Yeah. If you open that dishwasher and it's and it's clean and you shut it once, it, it will allow you to not to not um, to not end the cycle or whatever. Like to, it'll reset. But if you open it again, then the light turns off. And it, and then the next person knows somebody opened this somebody dishwasher, opened and the only person who would know that is the kind of neurotic, you know, Jewish influenced man that that just kind of says, "Why is the light off?" Yeah. And there's still clean dishes no, in here. That happened to me this morning. That light, I saw it, and I was like, "If you open this, it's over. It's over." Blue you cup. You got a blue you, cup. So. He drank out of a blue cup today. You know, I know that because there was a clean dishwasher and blue cup on the counter. I cleaned. I emptied the dishwasher. What? All right. You saw Oh, me. we did it together. Yeah. Together. It was blue cup. Whoever blue cup was. I had a blue cup. Okay. It was. Moving you. on. I freaking knew it. <laughs> emotional, emotional literacy. No, it was somebody else because I had a second cup and I took it back. I took it back in the back room. Emotional, it wasn't me. Emotional it literacy wasn't me. and management, honest communication, and conflict resolution. I'm finding that I'm able to communicate a lot to the persons who I'm not actually frustrated with. I don't talk to the other people. I just talk around the people that I'm frustrated with. Yeah. And the task is just saying, hey, man, I could really use this. But sometimes it's not just about being honest and open and clear. Sometimes it's about just applying a little lubricant and saying, I'm going to do this. And then later going back and saying, Hey, would you mind, would you mind doing this for me? Yeah. I, I, I like this topic. It's very clear. It's very practical and helpful. You've also been very well behaved with this topic. Why? Well, you know, cause I'm not talking about my faults. No, I'm talking about the the concept of lubricant, which just the monkeys in your brain. You know? Oh, they're they're on, they're on quarantine. <laughs> they're on standby. They're on quarantine. <laughs> they're on quarantine right now. Yeah. No, I, I would say like I have had to learn deeper uh, resolve for love, living with one person who I didn't choose, and then a second person who I didn't choose, and then two other people who I'm really excited to come into my house, and yet. It's not easy. Right. And they realize how bad it is to live with me. I have this shelf that tends to collect things. And as I was going through all the things that were wrong in the kitchen, I go, you know what the biggest thing that's wrong is? My weakness around clutter. And so I just had to manifest it to the brothers. Instead of just overlooking it and, you know, like, brothers, let's try to keep the kitchen clean, whatever. Just admit it. Yeah. Admit which your is, weakness. Which is a great moment. Does clutter just not bother you? No. It just doesn't. Have you been in my room? I Yeah, I had to pull a book out of your room today, and that's what made me think about it. I was like, he must not be affected because. I'm the part of the whatever, ENFJ or INFP or whatever that. There's, everything can be disorganized, but I know exactly where it was. Oh, I know you do. In fact, we had a little, we should put a bet on this. Uh, I threw something away in this house, and I, know, I, know. I bet he's going to find it. I know he's going to find it. So I didn't tell him. I just said, I threw something away. <laughs> I also think that experience helps with empathy. So yeah, when you knew as soon as John comes over, he's going to organize the countertop 
yeah. on the island, and he's going to neurotically clean it. It's going to be one of the first things he does. Yep. And he's going to move everything. Yep. And you know that. And it looks very nice. But he tried to throw away the hot beef jerky, and he got his hand slapped. <laughs> and then he tried to throw away my remnants of puppy chow, and he got his hand slapped. He tried to throw away my honey pot today, and he said, I'll buy you a new one. I'm like, it's a perfectly good honey pot. It, it just needed to be cleaned. <laughs> good night. So we're living it here in a school of love. I think one of the thoughts I had this week was, I hope that this pandemic helps people shift from a mentality that, quote, my pastor, my priest is a bad CEO and shifting to he's kind of just a bad monk. Uh, And what I mean by that is we don't exist to have a job in a parish where we do things and then we have this kind of whole personal life that's mysterious and basically kind of bachelor-esque. Mm-hmm but we really should be kind of monks. And frankly, you and your family should also be very monastic too. It, there, there should be a rhythm, an a, order. A regular. A regular. A rule. A rule of your family life. And yeah. I, I see this naturally playing out. I, mean, I think my sister and brother-in-law live this beautifully. And they don't even, they would never call it monastic, but they're, they just do it. it. It's order. And the kids thrive in order. Yeah. It's not control. It's just order. It's structure. They know how it works. They know the rules. This is the schedule of the day. And then there's flexibility. They've been doing these Friday night things that are, if they behave and do everything, they do something crazy on Friday night. So they had like fancy night where they all got dressed up and slow danced with mom and had a fancy dinner. And then like they had crazy night and they had camp night where they set up a tent in the basement. That's every Friday night. That's Jordan, my brother-in-law, being super creative. But you can do that and you can be spontaneous when there's that order, that regular. And so I, I think, yeah, just as this pandemic thing, we move into a, a new awkward phase, you know, uh, which is this is not kind of ending. It's not going away. And it's like we got to dig deeper and say, what is God asking of us? And I think that there's a there's a deeper kind of monastic thing. Look at how practical the wisdom of, of a monastery is. Right. I mean, look at that. That's just unbelievably helpful right it's a great thing to that you podcasted on that and they're honest with each other like what he's saying is you think that you go into the monastery and it's all peace you know but or or angelistic you have to work to have that kind of peace right and the peace doesn't come naturally like there are moments of conflict and sometimes that conflict is is emanating over because you're not actually dealing with the war that's in your own heart right so what i would say is I would caution, not caution what you're saying, but I think we're entering into a new... He's pointing the pointing the pen at me. Go ahead. We're entering into a new phase where you can leave. Beforehand, you couldn't leave. Now you can leave. And just like you said, when all this is over, I actually want to live more of the life that I was living during the quarantine than I was beforehand. Right. And I would say that... More people are baking, more people are cooking, more people are reading, more people are communicating than perhaps they were before. So we would want to continue those things. Gardening. Gardening, yeah. Exercising. uh, It's a human life again. Yeah. It's the possibility of a human life. It's not always the case. There is an excessive reliance on technology. We all have that. We struggle with that. This infantile narcissism thing is tough. 
I mean, I, I was talking to a friend, a uh, young unmarried woman, and it's just like guys just live in that world of millennials. I mean, it's it's guys? a huge, Well, girls too, but that was the point of the conversation. Okay, so. She does. That's the problem is you have to live in a school of love. Well, she doesn't because you don't know who I'm talking about. But yeah, I understand what you're saying. Anybody who lives by themselves thinks that they're holier than they are. But when you bring another person in, you start realizing, I don't have the kind of love that I thought I had. And I think that that's why it's important to live in community. And I'm not saying like, go join a monastery or whatever, but like to actually begin to relate to others as if you were dependent on them for your very existence. Stop right there. That's a great lead into next week. That's our time, folks. We're getting over this topic so we can go into the thoughts for next week sorry just don't go down that road yet okay that's i'll good? save it they're yeah, gonna pair that's they're fine. gonna pair well Wait, together here, this is how we end it they're gonna pair well together range is cold all right um shout outs i would just say the only the only action item i would say is <laughs> learn to ask questions to yourself like you were saying emotional check-ins what am I feeling? Why am I feeling those? And others. And But that's the first. And then the second would be to another person like, hey, how are you doing? What's been going on today? Yeah. And then that, and that begins. And then the other thing you can do is say, what have I done for myself today? But what have I also done for others? Like as much as I clean the kitchen and want to keep that clean, I don't clean my own room. It would actually be helpful if I did a little bit of both. I agree. You know? Yeah. Uh, thank you. Um, I think we all needed a little more of both, John. Okay? <laughs> so I would just say, like, uh, your task by the next podcast uh, is to actually, you know, ask the people that you're in community with, in friendship with, in relationship with, what's been going on? How are you? Yeah. We return back to the same topics over and over, but honestly, this, this book... It's covering a lot of the same things that we've talked about on the podcast, obedience, poverty, reading, leisure, etc. but it, with new eyes, with, with new wisdom. So Strangers really in the City. Strangers to the City. To the City. Michael Casey, highly recommended. Check it out. Check it out, people. That's but don't take book. my word for it. But um, That's Reading Rainbow. Uh, reading Shout Rainbow. Out. Remember that? It's nice to live in a place where people can reference things like Reading Rainbow. The fact that you got the, I randomly said, Ermagerd, Gersberg. Ermagerd, Gersberg. I was like, oh, that's just great. Old people. Yep. I'd like to give two shout outs to two different aunts on two different sides of the family. Let's hear it. Aunt Marge has been listening faithfully. Yes, my dad's has. oldest, my dad has four older sisters, and Aunt Marge is just up the street, and she's been listening, so shout out. Aunt Marge, thanks for listening. And then in Michigan, my Aunt Anita has been listening. She's been going on her walks, and huh. uh, I was really grateful to hear that. She's the cool Italian aunt who came into the family, married into the family. Who's she married to? Uncle Mike, oh. my mom's oldest brother, so number two. And her boys and Steve and I and Amy and Katie, we all kind of grew up together. So Aunt Anita, thanks for listening to the podcast. Who else did I find out that started listening to the podcast? I was like, whoa. Oh, uh, Vanessa Brink. Vanessa? Vanessa Brink. Um, she uh, She's a friend of mine from uh, originally from, I think she's originally from 
New Mexico, but then she lived in Denver and now she's in, she's in Phoenix. Um, and uh, she just texted me today and said that the camaraderie, joy, sharing of insights, and just simple presence, especially during stay-at-home orders, has been wonderful. Wanted to text you after each one I listened to, but that would have been weird, possibly annoying. So, yeah, I would agree. So Thanks, thank Vanessa. You. And feel free to send anonymous emails to archstand.org. <laughs> no, it's true. Exactly. Uh, so here, here's the only letter that I have. <clears throat> Dear Father Nathan, no one else. I pray that you are well. On a recent podcast, you mentioned that your birthday is approaching and your hope was to sing some sea shanties with your brothers. I won't. I, I want to give you a gift to make sure this happens. This collection of, sh- of shanties contains the only one I know. Roll the old chariot, 185, which is my favorite what? one. Yep. Even Lady Jane Eusterman he sent sa- you that book. He, we're getting to that. Okay. We we sing it. We sang it one night in seminary for reasons that would take too long to explain. It was a great shanty, and there are plenty of recordings on YouTube. The second gift is, in my opinion, necessary for your night of sea shanties. Being in Ohio, this flag is dear to our dear Lake Erie. The flag contains the words "Don't give up the ship." This was the motto of Commodore Oliver Hazard Perry who won a decisive battle in the War of 1812 on Lake Erie. During the summer vacation month, this flag flies all over the shores of Lake Erie. Blah, blah, blah. Ah, yeah, whatever. Grateful for your podcast. I'm a priest in a rural part of the Archdiocese of Cincinnati. I listen every week between parishes uh, and through the country. I love the podcast for a handful of reasons. Um, Blah, blah, blah. Finally, the example of your brotherhood reminds me to be a brother priest. It can be tough in a rural parish far from friends. You all remind me to make an effort to reach out to my brothers, whether that means picking up the phone or driving an hour for dinner. Thank you for uh, producing the podcast, and please share my gratitude with your fellow podcasters. Happy birthday. Sincerely, your brother in Christ, Father Sean Wilson. There it is. Here's our flag, and I'm going to ask that they put up a flagpole outside. Where? Don't right. give up the ship. That is awesome. Look at the size of that thing. <laughs> so, we will conclude this podcast with my birthday wish. <clears throat> well, a nice a drop of beer wouldn't do us any harm. Well, a nice a drop of beer wouldn't do us any harm. Well, a nice a drop of beer wouldn't do us any harm. And we'll all hang on behind. And we'll roll the old chariot along, we'll roll the old chariot along, we'll roll the old chariot along, and we'll all hang on behind. Catholic Stuff Podcast at gmail. Hopefully, uh, by the way, if that's uh, copyrighted, we uh, we didn't mean to you know, steal anything. Well done. He also sent me the Pocket Shanty Man, 130 songs and sheets. So you can so. do this for the next 130 podcasts. Exactly, folks. This is Catholic Stuff Podcast. Check it out. Like us on Facebook. Lubricate. Have a good night.